Welcome to Sky Women. I'm your host, Dr. Carolyn Moyers, a wife, mom, and board-certified OB-GYN. This is a place to educate, empower, and inspire women. Join us each week as we share the power of women's stories. Real women, real stories, real inspiration. Put on your stretchy pants. Let's get going. Good morning, Sky community. I am so excited that you keep showing up week after week to listen to these episodes. It is so exciting to get to talk to amazing women who are inspiring me and providing great educational content for you guys. I hope you are finding inspiration. Before we get started, I wanted to share this statement from a patient at Sky Women's Health. As you know, we opened September 2020 in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and a patient wrote in saying, thank you for making me feel safe and listened to. Friends, this is everything. Just a huge shout out to all of the patients who have trusted us as we hold space for you. It is such an honor. All right, on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Sky Women. This podcast, we are talking all about maternal mental health. We have Dr. Nichelle Haynes with us, who is a perinatal psychiatrist out of Austin. She is all over Instagram sharing mental health during infertility, pregnancy, postpartum, and parenting. She is a fabulous resource. I recommend that you go check her out at Haynes, and she offers telemedicine if you are in need of her services. She is fantastic, and her interest in perinatal mental health is rooted in her love of science, passion for supporting all people, and the strong belief that every parent deserves to enjoy parenthood. So welcome, Dr. Nichelle Haynes, to the show. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to talk with you guys. I think there's just so much to talk about. I'll have to talk fast. Let's start with discussing treatment of mental health disorders in pregnancy. Okay. So there are a bunch of options in psychiatry. The answer is usually medications and therapy. So with pregnancy, therapy is a great option. It does not come with any, you know, risks to the baby or to mom, but we often include medication as part of the discussion of treatment options. We always have a discussion risk benefit. And this is why you really want to see someone that's trained. You talk to the, you know, the pregnant person about what their history looks like, how bad does their depression get? Um, talk about all the options so that we have a good idea of what the risk benefit for that specific person is. So the options are very tailored to the specific person. So medications, therapy, um, but very individualized about where you are comfortable with the risks, what your personal risk factors are, that kind of thing. So the easy answer is medication and therapy, but it's very nuanced about, you know, who needs meds if they want meds, you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I bring it up because what I see happen very often is that by the time the patient gets to the obstetrician, so by the time they've walked in the door, they're already pulled off of their antidepressant or their (laughs) bipolar medication. 
and it's so important to have them on stable no. mental health so that we have good yeah natal care so that mo- if mom's practicing good self-care and yeah. she's getting natal appointments we're going to have better outcomes in pregnancy mm-hmm. that's right so that I just, I hate it when someone is taken off of their medications, um, during pregnancy for the most part, if they're on meds and they need medications to be stable before pregnancy, that that's not going to get any better with pregnancy. And we are putting a lot of people at really high risk for postpartum depression, postpartum psychosis, really impactful scenarios. If we just willy nilly take them off of their medications. If they needed them before pregnancy, it's likely that they need them afterwards. Definitely again, have that risk benefit discussion, but for the most part, it's much safer to be on your medications. There are a few we'd like to not use, but for the most part, we just have a discussion about what to watch for, have extra people on board with the team and move forward with what they were, what they were already taking. Okay. So when you say a team, who would you include on that team? So This is an ideal situation that we have obstetrician. A lot of times we have maternal fetal medicine on board if they're on, you know, anti-convulsive medications or mood stabilizers. Um, So obstetrician, maternal fetal medicine, perinatal psychiatrist, therapist, support people. That is like gold star. If we can get all those people on board, I know it's really hard, but that would be great. Right. I know on some occasions, the partner is the one who has alerted me to, Hey, something's not right. She's really not doing well. And it kind of sends it everything into action. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's so important to have somebody looking out for your mental health. So important. Cause when we're feeling bad, we're often the last ones to know other people can see that we're so anxious and we're taking care of things in not our ideal way, or we're not ourselves, but we might not even realize it when we're feeling bad or really how bad it is. Right. Right. And you add the sleep deprivation of motherhood. Yes. Born baby. (laughs) And it's just exacerbated, right? Oh yeah. So as far as looking at what we can do to help moms, whether it's, if it's not therapy or medications or having a provider, sleep is probably the biggest thing that we ideally would like six to seven hours in a row, if possible. I know, especially with breastfeeding or with an infant, that's not really that easy or that possible, but definitely at least getting seven hours in a 24 hour period and ideally all of that together or as much of that together as you possibly can, can really improve outcomes. We've all been tired. We know that we don't do well when we're tired. So that's big, big, really big, really important message to hear is like sleep is so, so, so important. Right. And do you get a lot of eye rolls whenever you give the advice to sleep when baby sleeps? Well, I don't give that advice. I, I say sleep when you can, because I mean, who's going to take care of the household? Maybe you have other kids at home. I mean, you can't necessarily just sleep when baby sleeps, but I always ask if the baby is sleeping, are you able to sleep? Cause that can tell me a lot about mood, anxiety kind of things, but right. get to sleep when you can get it is really what I say. And if you have support people, let them watch the baby for a little bit while you get some sleep and to know, especially if we're struggling with anxiety, to know that the baby is well taken care of 
can, can be really good for our sleep because we don't have that rumination about, are they okay? Are they breathing? Someone else is watching them. You just know they're okay. I can get some sleep. Right. Right. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's a good segue into our postpartum plan. So let's talk a little about the difference between postpartum blues, depression, and psychosis. Okay. So baby blues occurs in the vast majority of people who are in the postpartum period. Um, I think the number is like 80%. So this is sort of I don't want to call it the normal transition to, to parenthood or to sleep deprivation essentially, but it's sort of normal. What happens is that we are tired. We are struggling to concentrate because we don't have any sleep. Um, you may be tearful or sad. <clears throat> so that's sort of the normal transition after the postpartum period. Um, what's not normal is if it were to last longer than two weeks. So baby blues by definition stops at least at two weeks or earlier. If it lasts longer than two weeks, that's probably not baby blues. That's probably the beginning of a postpartum depressive or anxious episode. Um, And if you're having things like not being able to function in any way, not wanting to take care of yourself or the baby, or if you're having emergent things like suicidal thoughts or thoughts about wanting to hurt yourself or hurt anybody else, that is not baby blues. That is an emergency and needs to be dealt with. Um, so essentially it's like a spectrum of things dependent on how long it lasts and how severe it is. So if it's somewhat impactful and, you know, goes away before two weeks, that's probably baby blues. That's pretty normal. If we have longer than two weeks or very severe inability to function, that's probably not baby blues. So a similar symptoms, severity and timing kind of um, teases that out. Postpartum psychosis, most of the time is related to people who have bipolar disorder, whether they knew it or they didn't, or they were diagnosed before or they weren't. Um, But that is an emergency and needs to be treated as an emergency. So if um, someone is having hallucinations where they see things or hear things that is an emergency in the postpartum period, or if they're having thoughts about like people are out to get them or paranoid or being delusional, um, where their thoughts are really not based in reality, that is an emergency. Um, so it it can include some of the symptoms of, uh, postpartum depression, but oftentimes it's very different. Um, and much more severe. So it's kind of like a spectrum of things, baby blues, postpartum depression, and then postpartum psychosis as long as far as like the severity goes of the symptoms. Right. What I see, the common scenario that I see in the hospital is patient was taken off of their depressive or mood stabilizer, and now they're going home with a new baby. What is your recommendation in restarting meds, warning signs, etc. So hopefully they're not stopped. Honestly, I, if we're looking at restarting medications, <clears throat> it really depends that there are some things we definitely don't want to restart too quickly. Um, but we definitely want to be under somebody's care. If you were on medications before and you're off of them now, 
be very closely monitored by hopefully a psychiatrist, if not be in very clear contact with your OB or whoever else is helping monitor your postpartum period um, to be sure that this doesn't end up being another episode of whatever was being treated before. Right. I think it's, I think it merits a conversation and discussing the potential complications there so that Uh patients are fully aware and can be on high alert. Uh Um, My concern is that it just doesn't get treated and they feel like, you know, well, my bipolar Mm -hmm. was stable throughout my pregnancy. I should be fine. But in reality, we know that postpartum itself is a risk factor, right? Very big. Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you speak to that? So yes, the big change in hormones from being pregnant. So essentially, I mean, you know this, right? That we make a placenta, which helps deliver blood from mom to baby um, and and deliver nutrients and things like that. So the placenta also helps regulate hormones. So after it's delivered, that source of hormones is gone. So we go from a nine month peak of hormones to pre-pregnancy levels of hormones. And that big change from a really big peak to, to this Valley is very jarring to our system physiologically also in our brains. They just do not like that. So it's normal to have, you know, sort of like this baby blues sort of picture crying a lot, feeling fatigued, you know, sleeping poorly, of course, because baby's not sleeping very well either. Um, but more than that, like not being able to sleep when you have the opportunity to sleep, um, not feeling interested in, in caring for yourself or the baby. Those can be really big warning signs. Of course, suicidal thoughts, thoughts of hurting yourself or anybody else are an emergency. Um, but the warning signs really are a, de- a huge decline in function, not being able to care for yourself, not wanting to care for baby, not feeling connected. Those are things that we usually look for and um, would want mom and support person to kind of be aware of if they were on medications or if their medications were stopped. We want to really have a good discussion about this is what we might want to look for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I feel like that you were doing such a good job on social media of just the forefront and normalizing this conversation about maternal mental health. Thank you. Thank you. I really, you know, it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of effort. I really feel like it's kind of, it's a missing piece. We all need to be talking about this because the, the data supports that if mom does well in the postpartum period, outcomes for the entire family are better. So for me, yes, I love birthing parent. I love mom, but I also just love the idea of bringing kind of that trickle of care to everyone else that we do something good for baby. We do something good for spouse. We do something good for the other kids. If there are any in the home that helping mom helps everyone else. Like mom is really the backbone of everything in a family. And if she's doing well, that means so much for everyone else. So it's, it's really a big piece of my heart to, to care for everybody that mom touches. So thank you for saying that. I really appreciate it. I just, I wish more people were talking about it. Yeah. Well, I think you're doing a good job of, of 
creating the conversation, creating a safe space for women to feel comfortable and know that, oh, okay, other women are going through this too, right? There is power in those shared lived experiences and knowing that there's resources to turn to. Right. It's so common. Why are we not talking about this? Postpartum depression or anxiety, postpartum mental illness is the biggest complication of pregnancy. Yeah. Not, not, I mean, why are we not talking about that? But this is like huge. Yes, absolutely. That's why you're here today. That's why I'm here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So we talked about medications and we talked about therapy. What new treatments are in the pipeline? Okay. So there is, I guess maybe it's been out a couple of years now. Um, it's essentially a sister molecule to one of the pregnancy hormones that is given via an infusion. This is brexanolone, um, arzolreso. It's given via an, an infusion as a treatment for severe postpartum depression. Um, the problem is that it's been, it's given for like, I think 60 hours in an infusion. So that's really difficult if you're in the immediate postpartum period, or if you have a little one, right. Because you're going to have to go into the hospital to be. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be monitored for the full transfusion in the hospital. So that's really difficult. I think they are coming out with an oral form of that medication. I, I don't know where the studies are with that. Um, I think they're also looking at ketamine. Um, I did see a new study for some new type of therapy that might be helpful. So, and that was a very big grant, like $4 million, which was really great. So there are some new things coming out. They all have different kind of mechanisms. Um, and I think we're hopeful that that will improve postpartum care. And we're just kind of waiting for things at this point. Okay, let's talk about parenting in the pandemic. We both have <laughs> kiddos and younger age kiddos. Mine kind of span the, the age range, but I mean, we have experienced parenting in a pandemic and adding that on to mental health. I mean, I know my sister went on anxiety medication because she was like, yeah, I've realized that this is a problem that I've dealt with my entire life. And now mm-hmm. parenting at home and working from home with three small kids, mm-hmm. it's not working anymore. <laughs> oh, yeah. So really my kids are two and three. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, I get it. I'm like in the thick of it with everybody else that we formerly had a lot of things that we had set up in our lives. Like, you know, we had childcare or we had, you know, a monthly night out with our friends or whatever it happened to be things that were good for us, self-care, all these things. And those are just like gone. Like bye. Bye. We have nothing now. We have nothing. And what are we supposed to do? Find self-care in the 30 seconds it takes us to pee while someone's putting their fingers underneath the door. I mean, (laughs) there's, I mean, what are we supposed to do? Really? It's like my patients are saying I'm I'm having a hard time finding some time for myself. And I'm thinking in the back of my head, me too. Me too. Like I get it. Absolutely. Yeah. All the things that we had set up for ourselves to help ourselves are pretty much gone number. I mean, this is data supported numbers of depression and anxiety have just skyrocketed. Everyone is feeling bad. 
And I think it's just, it, it kind of points to how poorly we care for moms in our society that mm. so many th- hundreds of thousands of moms have left the workforce because what are we supposed to do? We can't work and take care of our kids. We have to find our priorities and that's our kids mostly. So it's, yeah, we're all struggling through the same stuff right now. Yeah, absolutely. I do find that, I mean, you were already doing this before the pandemic, I believe, but yes, um, yes. doing telehealth, I feel like that that has created a lot more access to mental health services uh-huh. for yes. patients. Yeah. I mean, I can see people anywhere in my state that if someone is here in Texas where I am, I can see them that it would take them 10 hours to drive to my office or 10 seconds to click on, you know, the web service and get on with me and and be able to see me there. So it has opened up a lot of opportunities for people to get quality care where they are, rather than having to travel really far. Um, And also a lot of support groups are now virtual. So say you have a very specific need, like you're a mom of, you know, a special needs child or or something, and there's no one around you in your small town that has that same problem. Well, now that's not so much of a problem that you can gather up people from everywhere in the world who have your exact same problem and you guys can meet together virtually and have a little bit of support there. So it has opened up, you know, some positive things as far as connection and quality care. Um, not to say that it's been totally great at all, but you know, there are some good things that are coming out of, of moving a lot of things virtually. Right. Yes, I would agree. Um, and, and telehealth definitely being one of them. The other thing about telehealth is, mm-hmm. especially in the postpartum period, it's really convenient. We don't have to worry about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be gone for three hours. It's going to take me an hour to get there. My appointment's at 45 minutes. Um, you know, I'll have to come back. Do I bring my pump with me? Like, you know, do I right. worry about, do I do it during nap time? Oh, what if nap time changes this week? Cause you know, they'll do that. Right. So right. It's like, Hey, I'm at my house. If my baby wakes up from nap, I'll just bring him into the appointment. It's no big deal. And I've had that happen so many times where it's just like, Oh, Hey, hold on. I'm going to take you with me while I go change this diaper. And I'm like, okay, cool. We just like continue our conversation. So it's nice that it's really convenient, especially when life is like really hard to coordinate. Right. Absolutely. I find more than anything, postpartum is the period that moms will no show or have to reschedule because it is just impossible to get out of the house in a predictable time frame. Yeah. So yeah, I think that it does create a lot of convenience for moms. All right, Dr. Haynes, I want to, you to share with us why you chose psychiatry. Okay. I love it. I mean, that that's the simple answer is that I love it. I always knew since I was five, I wanted to be a doctor. I remember telling him at my, my pediatrician at my, um, five-year well check that I really, I wanted to be a doctor and kind of just getting like a, like an eye roll, like, okay, whatever. And (laughs) it's just always been the path. I mean, I took an AP psychology course and I just loved it. And I, since then it's just kind of been the path. I had what I would call like my crisis period in college where I didn't know if I wanted to do like grad school for psychology or if I wanted to go to med school for psychiatry. 
Um, and ultimately I decided that going to medical school afforded me and my option, me and my patients more options so that I could prescribe medication. I could also do therapy if I wanted to, um, because, you know, some people just need medication that therapy is not the answer for everyone. And, and it would just open up the doors for a lot more healing. Um, so I, after residency, I was medical director of a psychiatric unit and created a unit that was exclusively for women. And I really just loved that postpartum period. I, I really identify with a lot of like the poor sleep, you know, you're really struggling to get things done. And, sure. and I just fell in love with it. And I moved to my current practice and it has been just so wonderful. I get so much out of my interactions with, you know, people who are experiencing infertility because I did too. Um, people who are pregnant and postpartum. And I just, I just love it. I know it's sort of like a little bit selfish for me to love it so much, but it's just, I, it's just so lovely. And I love to be part of that time. And I love to see new parents thrive in that postpartum period. And it's just great. I love it so much. <laughs> I think that's beautiful. I mean, whenever you're doing what you love, it increases the longevity and, it, and I think it improves yes. the quality of care that patients are receiving. So patients are very lucky to have you. Oh, thank you. Yes. I really, I learned so much from them too. And I just, I love that period. It's so special. Yeah, it really is. I mean, I always say that you're not only, you know, you're creating a human, right? You birth this baby, right? It's baby's birthday, but you're also becoming a mother, right? You, yeah. you have the birth of a mother and you're trying to figure out who exactly you are as mom mm -hmm. in this new this new role when you're so sleep deprived and you don't recognize your body, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's so many big changes and, and it can be very daunting. Like who am I as a mom and a yeah. person and whatever career you may have had. And you're also tired and your body changed and everything, but it's also sort of exciting. Like you can decide, now. right. This is a great opportunity to decide your priorities and, and make big changes if you really want to, or need to. And Right. I'd have just switch gears and get your life a way that works for you. So it's exciting. It's also scary. It's really, it's great to be part of that. I really like it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, tell everyone where they can find you because I'm sure a lot of our listeners in Texas will want to find you. So you can find me at Reproductive Psychiatry Clinic of Austin on Instagram where RPC Austin. You can also find me on my personal Instagram at Dr. Nichelle Haynes. It's dr. Nichelle with an N, Nichelle Haynes, H-A-Y-N-E-S. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for sharing a little piece of your day with us. It's thank a pleasure. You. And I know that our listeners will benefit from the information that you provided us today. Thank you so much for having me. It's always fun to talk with you. I think this is great what you're doing and I'm glad to have a little part of it. Oh, thank you so much. There you have it. Episode 14, all about maternal mental health. If you have ideas for the show, if you would like to be a guest on the show and discuss your own personal lived experience, or you have content ideas that you would like covered, Give me a shout out at carolyn at drcarolynmoyers.com. I would love to hear from you. And if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you are pregnant and hurting from pelvic and back pain or know someone who is, 
At Sky Women's Health, we believe everyone deserves a joyful pregnancy and we help relieve pain and help you move more freely in your body throughout pregnancy by relying less on medication and more on your body's alignment. It doesn't matter where you are in your pregnancy, we will customize your treatment to your specific needs. In our office, we offer hands-on, drug-free osteopathic adjustments. We will complement all the things that your primary OB-GYN is doing to manage your pregnancy. You can request an appointment on our website at skywomenshealth.com, and we'll call you to get set up. Until next week, be well.